All right, Luke, this is our third try. We're going to get it this time? Hopefully. <laughs> How's your week been so far? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Just uh, we had birthday parties and it's the school holidays and we're enjoying the summer. Uh, looking forward to some camping next week, that sort of thing. Excellent. My wife just got back from Alaska. Uh, we are enjoying the winter over here, although I think she is a little exceptional in that regard. She wanted to see the Northern Lights. Oh, and wow. she did. So good for her. Unreal. That's bucket list. Yes. But uh, we're back to it. Uh, I've been on my support rotation this week, which has been fun. I'm just doing WooCommerce support in the community, and I actually quite enjoy it. So it's given me a lot to think about. And one of the themes that's come up a few times is people kind of coming into the Woo and WordPress ecosystem and asking questions in light of recent events about, hey, uh, is, is our stuff going to be safe online? Like people have expressed some concern. You've been following what's oh, been happening? Right. Yeah. So you're talking about Parler, the iOS app that was a social network for you know the right wing side of politics. And it's an example. Yeah, it's an example. I think that's been a catalyst for a lot of folks. They've been watching Amazon decided to pull the plug on them, which for me personally, like that's where it started to get sticky. Most of the others like, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. But Amazon is like infrastructure level. And for yeah. them to pull the plug, it's a little bit of an eyebrow raiser, at least for me. Oh, definitely. I in no way support, you know, right wing, whatever. I mean, goes without saying, but but I'm trying to say I'm a, I do lean left politically, and so I, I'm not on that team by by any by any means. But I also, as an sort of open web advocate, was concerned about about everything that happened. I, I actually lean a little bit. I mean, I don't have this resolved in my head, Jonathan. I don't have a clear answer on this. But one thing I've been leaning on and thinking about is Ben Thompson from Stratechery. He has mm. this theory around at what point should we censor someone? And he thinks of it as a stack, right? So a, a tech stack. And we, we should, if we're going to consider cens no, censorship isn't the right word because it's not censorship. Uh, if we're going to consider removing someone's posts. Okay, uh, sure. Deplatforming them. Moderating. Moderating. Yeah, moderation. Great. And then he thinks of it as a tech stack and, and it should be, the responsibility of you know, at a particular point in a tech stack. I really like that way of thinking about it. So, yeah. in in an example like um, Parler, well, you know, if some um, horrible thing is posted to the social network that um, you know is for whatever reason, you know, uh, outside our sort of social mores, well, a part of our social mores outside of our social acceptance, yep. then that's the responsibility of Parler to, at that point in their tech stack, right? They, they are responsible for it. So they should moderate that at that point, you know, and keeping in mind here that like this whole free speech thing, I'm always, I'm always reminding myself that, the platform itself has free speech, you know, like Twitter right, right. has the right of free speech. Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter, has the right as a private company to do enforce whatever norms they want, right? So, in this case, Parler has the right, if they want to, to either moderate or not moderate that comment. 
that's completely up to them and it's their responsibility at that point in the stack. Now, if they choose to not moderate the comment, at that point, it becomes the responsibility of the people who host Parler. So you could say here, the App Store or the Google Play Store, they need to look at that and and say, well, like I'm seeing this content appearing on Parler that's not being moderated. Are we okay with it? And, you know, since it's not being moderated, we do we have the right at this point to then step in and moderate that? Um, and, and it's worth pointing out perhaps the distinction between right and responsibility, right? Like right. Sometimes okay. feel like maybe we feel responsible for this, especially in a very politically charged moment. People are like, oh, we need to do something about this, whether we should or not. We've seen this in the past with Cloudflare, right, where they kick someone off and then later the CEO expresses some regret about mm-hmm. that. Whereas in the moment it felt very clear people were like, yay, good job. And afterwards he was like, ah, I'm not sure about that. Right. But, but you can see in this model, the way it sort of works up the stack, uh, this yeah. like responsibility I like it tech a lot. stack. I like it too. And that's, I think it, a really good way of explaining my discomfort with AWS, um, you know, removing support for Parler or any sort of DNS level, um, moderation because at that point it didn't really need it right because it was an app and the app store and the google play store had the ability to moderate and and they exercised that and so i don't know it it just feels all strange and feels weird and i don't know it felt it felt excessive it felt like a, a more of an emotional reaction and obviously we're missing a lot here but i know others in the tech community is like okay whoa whoa Okay, guys, what, is, what does this mean? And at this point, if you t- take a step back and you notice a good chunk of the web runs on AWS, if you're not allowed to use AWS, uh, what does that mean? And this brings yeah. up this the bigger question. Issue. Yes, of centralization. And even if we agree with the decision, should it bother us that someone could make that decision? And for me, as an open web advocate, the answer is yes. Even if I'm happy with the decision that's made, it bothers me that the that decision was limited to a select few and that someone could effectively be cut off because here's the thing <laughs> you didn't actually uh well it's like you that didn't those people didn't go away and th- like you you may have taken away a, some method of communication but it's uh there, i don't there think is, it really makes it better there is an argument to be made that you put out the fire by taking out taking the oxygen out of the room Fair, sure, and which which was ultimately why uh, it like it Twitter for a long time resisted, you know, um, banning Trump from being able to tweet, and now it's like everyone's like, okay, yeah, it was about time. Whereas if they'd done it before, like ah, it's quite. And for me, when I heard, for instance, that Shopify uh, pulled the Trump pulled the Trump related stores, I'm like, okay, that's well with like to me that doesn't bother me. They're a proprietary platform; they're well within their right to do that. And it's interesting then where open source sort of fits into all of this because suddenly that yeah owning your own thing. That's right. That's, that's, and that's where WordPress comes into it. Yeah, exactly. Is that in theory, Parler should be able to, and I hope it can operate a WordPress website or it won't in this case, but you know, I hope that WordPress websites that are extreme leaning can exist. I mean, I don't know. I don't know for sure, but, you know, there is an ISIS website, you know, and what does that run on? What does the Hamas website run on? 
you know, yeah. are we going to go to the W3C and ask them? Oh, that won't do anything, actually. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. should, and, and should these we think websites about, exist? When we think about 40% of the web, it's like, you know, there's stuff in there that you wish didn't exist in terms of your own personal experience and what you'd want to use. And yet for me, uh, it's, yeah, it's difficult and it's messy, but there's not like a clean, uh, it, it's, it's not simple. It's complex. And mm-hmm. I think in some sense, in the other sense, it's like, no, like it, this is, there's this, uh, the open web to me is about that freedom to be able to create whether or not I like what you create and moments like this test that. And I think we're finding a lot more people who are like, yeah, we're a little concerned about how much things are centralized. Yeah. You know, this could all just come out in the wash. One of the ways that the open web web does sort of regulate itself is through laws in specific countries in the countries where it operates right so for example you know it's illegal in germany to uh display the swastika yep um and it's illegal to you know promote nazism or things like that so neo-nazis can't legally exist in germany fantastic and uh or at least publicly and so any Nazi-related imagery on the German internet or posted by Germans, say, to Facebook or something like that, or Twitter, can be taken down, you know, legally. Um, and I, I kind of like that. I, I think that that's a sort of good escape valve. In the same way, you know, any American companies have the right to take down anything that they want and and often do so, especially where it contravenes American laws. So maybe the problem isn't so much that the web is becoming more centralized. Maybe the problem is the web is becoming more American and (laughs) has always had this sort of U.S. control, U.S. influence. Uh, So because this wouldn't be a problem if some like Iranian – AWS competitor existed, right? Or I'm sure mm. there's some sort of Russian um, competitor who's willing to sow some seeds of mistrust into the American sure. conscience. You know, uh, these things can sort of come out in the wash through that means. Well, you'll have to move to a country where that's legal. And this brings up, man, it's, it's interesting. First off, for me as an American, like hearing you describe that, like I, at a high level, it's like, okay, sure. I get that idea of not allowing like Nazi symbols. And yet it makes me uncomfortable as an American. Oh, but, but the, it's just a line, right? Like I, I yeah, you, you draw a line somewhere and it's, and, and as humans, there are things that are illegal, right? Like there are things that are illegal to put on the internet in America. I, yes. I don't even want to name them because they're horrible, but there are things that are illegal. So where do you put you, where do you draw that line? And then there's also subjective illegal, like things like the marijuana industry in the U S right now, where in some States it's illegal and others it's legal and this sort of back and forth, which is why allowing, you know, individual countries to legislate uh, about what content is and isn't allowed kind of works. Now we don't want this world to be the same as the United States. Do we? uh, I would agree to that. I agree. And this brings up this aspect of it, right? I agree. I don't know. Yeah. So do we end up wanting multiple webs is one of the questions. 
right? Because uh, I mean, we have multiple webs, and that that might be a direction that we might end up heading, right? I'm thinking of the dark web. Yep, I can I can imagine if it was easier to get onto Tor and onto the dark web that a lot of right wingers might be thinking about that at the moment. Yeah. One of the things that this led me into is thinking about the different aspects of the stack from an end user's perspective. And that was like, okay, well, you have domains, you have the platform, and then you have the infrastructure. And each one of those are interesting subtopics. Like with domains, a lot of people don't know the difference. I didn't know. I wasn't really clear on the difference between a registrar and a registry, and that sometimes registrars can also be registries. And that there's a difference though, and some registrars can be much more lenient versus aggressive. Mm. And people don't tend to think about these things when they go pick a domain name. Mm. And uh, I found it interesting to understand a bit more about that. And I think folks would benefit from just having a bit of a better understanding about how some of those pieces work. And then when you go down to the infrastructure level, it gets especially interesting. Just to your point, something might be illegal in one country, but you could host it on another. And with the open web, you can still access that even in the country where it's not legal. You might get in trouble for that, depending on how active your local ISP or country is about checking your activity. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and with all of that, open source, kind of wherever you land on this, like open source becomes, in my mind, at least more important than ever in terms of options for people. There's a sort of... Uh, attitude around open source that things are better when they're out in the open, right? There's this sort of fundamental philosophy of if you just make everything public, then things sort themselves out. And I wonder if that sort of influences our thinking here too, where mm. where we think a good point. everyone should be able to access everything. You know, that's how we view the open web in a sense. Like even if it's illegal to post, um, you know, Nazi imagery from Germany, a German should be able to get on a VPN and sort of safely look that up if they want to. Um, is, is that all right? Is that okay? Like should we maybe be thinking about the Great wall, Firewall of China? <laughs> you know, like I, I – this the all of these events have sort of really called my question my my faith in the open web into question mm. I, I think it's a good point that you made about uh, our biases like I am biased at this point towards transparency towards letting light shine on things whether I like them or not, which like demands their ability to exist whether I like them or not uh, it's going to be interesting I think like wh- how this the shapes. And I think there's a lot more pent up interest now with people saying, oh, is, can someone kick my thing off? I don't want that to happen. How can I make use of the open web? 